0: what is cafe mocha cafe mocha is experts
1: celebrities what's up this is bell biz this is fantasia
0: this This is invo this is india re hey what's up this is brandy music and features from a woman's perspective intriguing conversation espresso the mocha mix so much more all from a woman's perspective what flavor are you baby this is cafe mocha
2: Hello everyone, I am Sybil Wilkes. Welcome to What You Need to Know and a very special edition of What You Need to Know. And it is brought to you by our friends at Cafe Mocha Radio. We are talking about caregiving and we're talking about uh, especially caregiving from our caregiving coach and she is Pat Bailey. Pat has been with us and we have talked about the ins and outs of Alzheimer's and now we're talking to the caregivers themselves. And um, Pat, we have a wonderful woman here by the name of Patricia Williams. Uh, She is a caregiver for her husband of over 50 years and a wonderful love story that we have heard about regarding the relationship between Mr. and Mrs. Williams. And we also have a young woman here who is a two-time caregiver, uh, first of her grandmother and now of her mother. And her name is Veronica Shanklin. And you can give us some information about Veronica. Veronica, who are you? Where you come from? Who are your people?
3: So um, I am a caregiver for my mom and my grandmother, and my caregiving story starts eight years ago. I was actually living in Chicago. I was a young single bachelorette living my best life, great career, professional network, friends, everything. And I was coming home to visit my mom, who was taking care of my grandmother, and kind of realized that she was struggling with taking care of her. And over several incidents, eventually it became apparent that I needed to come help out. And so I moved home from Chicago, left my job and to help my mom take care of my grandmother. and then a year later, my mom was diagnosed with Alzheimer's as well.
2: So hang on, Veronica, because we're yeah. gonna get more in depth in your story. just wanted to get a, just a, give people an idea of who you are and, and what you have been through and, and your experiences as now as professional caregiver, um, you all are. Um, and we will we will talk to each of you and hear your stories um, in in depth. Um, let's start with you, Ms. Pat, as as our resident caregiver coach, and talk a little bit about your story. We in in our first episode, and uh, we were able to talk about your history and bringing your mother to live with you and things like that. Um, but it it goes back a little bit further than that, and talk about if you would how you came to be the caregiver how all of this kind of meshed into a life and love story with you and your family and your mom oh i love
4: the i love the language of a love story because mm-hmm. it takes a lot of love to engage in this particular process and so i want everyone to imagine I am down in Dallas by myself. I've been here maybe 18 months, and my mom was still in Chicago with my sibling. And I get a phone call from my sister, and she's like, You don't understand. Something's got to be done. It is 2 a.m. in the morning. I've worked all day, but because caller ID, you know, why, when you get phone calls that time of the morning, you know something serious. And I'm like, What's going on? And she's like, We've got to do something. There's something wrong with mom. And let me tell you what happened. And so she tells the story. And you have to excuse my humor, guys, but there was humorous moments throughout this entire process. My sister describes a scene where she and mom have a disagreement of sort, which is common between you and someone you're caring for in the state of Alzheimer's. And my mom decides to leave the house, but because she needed someone to have her back, she comes back in the house with police officers, okay? Okay. So, now, my sister is an amazing person, Berkeley grad. I, I can still visualize what that probably looked like. Police officers standing there saying, is this your mother? And my mama's like, that's her.
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> so, from what I understand, they were very kind. They were very relevant. My sister was fuming, obviously, and she's uncomfortable because one, her mother has left the house and she knows she has Alzheimer's, right? Mm -hmm. And they begin to ask questions and they begin to reassure my mother that everything was okay. But while my sister has me on the phone, I basically say, I got it. I'll do it. And it was life-changing after that. Mm -hmm. There were many more moments like that through the process of caring for my mom with my siblings that was monumental to note, but endearing that we were able to do that together as a family.
2: So, Veronica, you have um, told us about your, your great life in Chicago. and Trust me, I've lived that life in Chicago. Um, but, but definitely in coming home because you were, you know, a, a young single woman living that Chicago lifestyle, so probably living downtown or Hyde Park or somewhere like that. And you come home to help your mom who is and maybe even to give your mom a break while she's taking care of your grandmother right and how long had that process been going on with your grandmother
3: i would say my mom my grandmother had moved in with my mom maybe in the past year mm-hmm. because, because it was obvious that my grandmother couldn't live alone anymore because mm-hmm. she was falling she had fallen out the bed and just didn't need to be alone um so she had barely been at my mom's house for maybe a year, a little more than a year.
2: Okay. So in what year was this?
3: Ooh, um, this was 2012-ish. Okay. All right.
2: Okay. So just to give people a sense of perspective of how much time we're talking about here. And so you came down to uh, Texas to to spell your mom and to and to help her out a little bit. Yes. And you recognized, as you mentioned before, you recognized something that was going on with your mom as well.
3: Right. Absolutely. Um and my mom hadn't really had major doctor's appointments, so she wasn't necessarily managing her own health in the best way. Mm-hmm. So when I came, I got all her insurance set up and you know everything and got her on Medicare and got that set up and finally made a doctor's appointment. And so that was just a general appointment and then that led to a neurologist and then eventually her getting a diagnosis.
2: And so, Ms. Pat, this is taking us through the steps that you have given us before and how these mm-hmm. things work and and going through the medical system and having a daughter with the presence of mind uh, to yeah. recognize this and, and have, probably having seen what your mom had gone through to Veronica and, and knew that, you know, this was something that you needed to step into. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so at that point, then you when you came back here, were you taking care of both your mom and your grandmother at the same time?
3: Yes. I did that okay. for about four years. About yeah. four years. Before my grandmother passed. My God,
2: I'm sorry. Um, it, it It's just kind of overwhelming when you think about caring for one parent, mm-hmm. but to take care of both of them. What a strong and incredible young woman you are. Could I just say Thank that, you. first Thank of all? And I really admire you for, you know, coming in and stepping into those shoes. And it's different. It's different as you're talking about. Now you have three generations and you're taking care of your elders like that. How, how do you OK, let me just say this. If you were doing your life story or, or the story of your grandmother and your mother, what title would you
3: give it? How would you describe it? I would probably call it push through. <laughs> That's mm. what Push through. Yeah. 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 And the thing about it is, it's not until I'm looking back at mm. all that I did and went through and the stories and stuff that I'm like, whoo, that was a lot. Mm-hmm. You know.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and, and for for oh, great! You reminded me how tough it was. Yeah, Thanks, right. Sybil. Uh, <laughs> but but here you are, and 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 as Miss Pat has said, each caregiver defines who they are uh, and who they care for. And as the daughter, you now become not the daughter, but you are the mother
3: of your grandmother and your mm-hmm. mom. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Even now, because I'm I'm with my mom now, and. It is twenty four seven, pretty much just me and her, and, yeah. and me making all the decisions and being responsible for everything that happens in the house.
2: Wow, um, Mrs. Williams, uh, thank you so much for your patience. I I, I wanted to talk to you because, as I've mentioned, you have such a great love story with your husband. Um, mm-hmm. I I know that you're from Gary, Indiana. Hello, around the corner, girls from Chicago. Um, oh yeah, and um, just the uh, love story that you and your husband, could you just take us back a little bit? I understand that you were like childhood sweethearts.
0: Absolutely. Um, The story goes back now, 54 years on this April 1st, it would be our Mm. 54th wedding anniversary. We dated in high school. We knew each other since middle school, just a very kind, considerate person all of his life. We, uh, as I said, we dated in high school, went to all the major dances, the May dance. I don't even know if they do that anymore. The prom, all of it, Sadie Hawkins dance, everything we did together. Um, Then throughout college, we dated and God blessed us with three children, which we're very proud of. It's very hard when you look back because you see the person who he was and then Mm -hmm. we see who he is now, Mm -hmm. but we always remember that same person is in there somewhere.
2: How long have you been in the caregiver? I know for your family, all of all of their lives, but but as far as your husband in in his condition now, how long have you been in the caregiver role there?
0: Well, Walter was diagnosed in two thousand fourteen, and originally he had retired, and I was still working, so. At that time, we thought it would be a good idea for him to maybe go into a facility because the main problem we had was um, securing him, keeping him safe. Because mm-hmm. when he was at home, he would get out. He was still driving his car. So we were very concerned about that.
2: And you're both are educators. You both we we're both are
0: educators. educators. He, yeah, he was an yeah. uh, elementary teacher, high school teacher, Aww. very talented. He An Mm -hmm. artist, a math teacher, um, Mm -hmm. which is an interesting combination, there isn't it? Yes,
2: (laughs) yes, because he's using both sides of his brain for sure,
0: and very meticulous about everything he did.
2: And is that when you recognized that there was something amiss because of the disruption of his regular demeanor, his behavior, and activity?
0: You know, people ask me that all the time. When did you first know? And my question to them, or what I asked myself, well, when did I know? Because sometimes the people who have Alzheimer's or dementia, it's hidden. They don't want you to know and they have ways of covering it up. So you Mm -hmm. don't realize until it's very late. But as I look around the house because he's so good with his hands, I might see a light switch in order to turn it off. You have to flip it up instead of down. Mm -hmm. And so those things became apparent. He spelled my name for years and years and years. And then one day he wrote something and my name was spelled wrong. Mm. And so there were little subtle things like that that let us know that there was something wrong. And again, him going to a doctor, doctor was very astute. He said, you need to take him to a neurologist and have him tested. And that's what we did. And then he was diagnosed in 2014.
2: Ladies, we're going to take a break. Um, we are talking to three incredible women and telling us their caregiving stories. We're starting with our, our caregiver coach, uh, that is Pat Bailey and a young woman who has taken care of uh, two generations of her family, her grandmother and now uh, her mother, as well as Mrs. Williams and talking about her her lifelong love uh, Fair with her husband and mm-hmm. now she is in the process of taking care of him in at this stage of their lives uh this is what you need to know it's a very special episode of caregiving and alzheimer's and aging and finding new tomorrows it's presented by cafe mocha radio i gonna take a break and we'll be right back
1: announcing the mocha podcast network
2: We are back with a special edition of what you need to know about caregiving, Alzheimer's and aging, finding new tomorrows and talking to three really wonderful women who have opened their hearts and their lives and telling us their story. Pat Bailey, who is a caregiving coach, Uh, Veronica Shanklin, who is telling her story of taking care of her grandmother and her mother and now uh, taking care of her mom and Mrs. Patricia Williams, her story. And the caregiving of her husband of 54 years. Ladies, thank you so much. And and talking about this, Mrs. Williams, you have an interesting story in that not only with your husband and taking care of him, but you also mentioned putting him in a facility. And I understand that he was in a facility, but you decided to bring him out uh, at the beginning of the coronavirus pandemic.
0: Right. Um, He had been in a facility actually several over the years, but uh, last year when COVID-19 hit, we decided to bring him home. Uh, One of the things that my family and I did, we visited the facilities every day and it was really hard on us uh, when we had to FaceTime. Actually before FaceTime, they said that uh, we couldn't visit anymore and then we started to FaceTime and what we realized was that um, he appeared Uh, to be losing weight and we didn't have that hands-on where we could see him and touch him. And that's why we decided to bring him home because of the COVID and because we couldn't see him and touch him, which we know is so important. Absolutely. Um, So we didn't really regret that decision to bring him home because we felt that it was the best thing for him and the family because we needed to see him and make sure he was okay. So he's been home now almost a year.
2: That's really interesting that you had and you, you had information that was before you as far as his losing weight and things but mm-hmm. I, I wonder how many people regret the fact that they did not or were not able to do what you you know had the presence of mind to do um, because of of the pandemic and not you know we see these pictures of people going up to the windows and and making signs for their families um, and that's their only form of communication but you, you know, pressed forward and and brought your husband home, which makes all the difference in the world, doesn't it?
0: And I think it did, because one of the things that my family and I talked about, um, would he be better staying there or would he be better coming home? And we realized and we agreed 100 percent he needed to come home because we wanted to make sure he was getting uh, the best care he could get. Mm-hmm. Uh, we work together as a family, as a unit. We make decisions together, and that's something we all agreed on. We have a strong support system. Mm-hmm. This is three children you have, and there we family. have three children. That's wonderful. Uh, two here in Fort Worth and one in Indianapolis.
2: Well, that is that is really admirable, and that the fact that you know you all work together to make this happen, which you, as as Miss Pat has has demonstrated to us and and mm-hmm. explained to us, that doesn't always happen. Um, Not everybody is able to work in concert like that. Right, Pat Bailey?
4: Absolutely. There are many issues that can surface as a result of siblings. And we were able to actually circle around mom as well. But I have plenty of stories from other caregivers that speak counter to that. Mm -hmm. Um, The various arguments that ensue in terms of who's the best one in the position. But it's also just coming up with basic decisions such as Mrs. Williams. Should they come home? Should they stay? Mm-hmm. And the other side is who's paying for what? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. where's the time? Who's gonna spend time when? Um, I tell a story all the time about navigating sibling relationships where you learn about too tight, Teddy, too busy baby bob, and shame yeah. Sally and Resentful Ronnie, which are your siblings. <laughs>
2: You really run through those pretty quickly so that your family can identify who they are,
4: apparently. You got it. Because we all have a role that we serve. And it's a blessing when you see families are able to work together as a team and get it done. Because like Mrs. Williams, uh, our choice was to place mom also in a facility because at the time I was primarily alone and traveling a lot. And you have to turn the care over to another individual. It's troubling.
2: Veronica, tell us your story, because um, as you had this multi-generational caregiving uh, in terms of, are you an only child? Do you have siblings? Did you have people to help
3: you? Well, I do have one sibling, but that sibling lives in Chicago. Okay. Um, So it is always pretty much just been me. On occasion, I have you know a cousin or an aunt that's been able to step in. Here lately, I have an aunt that's been helping me out, but mm-hmm. for the most part, it's just been me. But what was really helpful for me for the last two years of my grandmother's life was hospice.
2: Really? Okay. Um, yes. Yeah.
3: So that, without them, I probably, I don't know what my story would be, but they mm-hmm. were helpful with me doing everything by myself, but just having that support. And it's something that I encourage everyone to look into.
2: Veronica, how do you do this? And and I ask out of of pure admiration. um, I had a very short window um, between when my mom was diagnosed uh, in, in the latter stages of cancer and her subsequent death. And 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 I say this all the time. I think she kind of rushed things along because she didn't know if I had the strength to, to, you know, have this this prolonged period of time of caregiving. Mm -hmm. I think I had it in me now, but Mm thirty years ago, I'm not so sure. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? So, Mm -hmm. what is it about you that you know you came home and you made the decision, and
3: and and now here you are? Um, that's a good question. I think that. I don't know. I mean, I will say that this has definitely changed me as a person. Mm-hmm. I have definitely, because I knew nothing about Alzheimer's, although it, we've had other family members with it. I was not a caregiver. I wasn't around. Mm-hmm. My grandfather had it, but I wasn't really around. You know, I kind of just heard stories. Um, but it has made me more patient. It has made me just care for others even more, you know? And so it's kind of, mm-hmm. and not that I w- was a terrible person before, but <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, it has definitely changed me and made me, and I'm I'm also become really passionate about helping other caregivers. Mm-hmm. But I, I I don't know the answer to that question, Sybil. So, well, that's a good question. Like, what do you think? I mean, my faith yeah. has been, you know, mm-hmm. really important in, in helping me to know that I can do this and I can make right. it. So that's right. part of it.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, do you find that your your faith plays a big part in this too, Mrs. Williams?
0: Absolutely. Um, one of the things that I tell my children and I tell people, it's God's will. And I also tell people often, and especially my children, God could have chose anybody, but he chose us. Mm-hmm. And I just leave it right there. I just yeah. get through, like my daughter says, one day at a time, Every Mm -hmm. day is different, and we just push through, we stay prayerful, Um, we try to encourage one another, and I tell them also, um, in spite of everything, we're still blessed. Yeah. So Um, faith, Christianity is a big part of who we are.
2: Yes, ma'am. I can imagine. And moving out of Gary probably didn't hurt either, I'm just saying. Um, (laughs) Yeah.
4: <laughs> I say You're that strong. with all love. Oh Yeah,
2: yeah. Gary Strong. It's okay. Is We're strong. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, what about your social life, Veronica? I, because uh, my mm-hmm. producers just asked, "What about what is your life?" Mm-hmm. Um, because this is this is a lot. Are you still having a little bit of a Chicago flashback and living that young single life, or you know,
3: it comes and goes. Um, prior to becoming a caregiver, I was a big traveler. I have found that I have to, if I have to jump through hoops to figure out how I can still travel and mm. still get away, I am willing to do that. Mm-hmm. If like if people see me on social media and I'm in some wonderful place, please know behind the scenes, I mm. had to work out a lot to make that happen. Sure. And I preach this to caregivers all the time about being intentional,
2: mm-hmm. mm. you know, about mm. keeping
3: some of yourself, because it is really easy to lose yourself in taking care of others.
2: Did you recognize that in your mom when she was taking care of your grandmother? Either she did or did not take care of herself as she was taking care of your grandmother?
3: In hindsight, yes. However, I was living in Chicago.
2: Right.
3: So I wasn't around, you know, 24 seven. Sure. Right. So she was, my mom was struggling in her job. She had a full time Mm -hmm. job and she was struggling in her Mm -hmm. job. She would be at work till like nine o'clock at night because she was struggling at work. In hindsight, we know that's because she was having issues but she wasn't, like I said, she wasn't going to the doctor and she wasn't really taking taking care of herself in that way.
2: Yeah. Um, I'm not going to ask how old you are, but you appear to be very young and we want you to go outside and play. And so how how, how can people help you? And and you know what I mean, you know, go and do a little, you know, I, I don't know, whatever you young people still do. But how can people help you to do this? I know you said it takes a lot of work, to get up to speed so that you can go out and enjoy yourself or travel. But what's the best advice you can give to people who want to care for the caregivers, Veronica? Mm-hmm. So
3: I I actually treated myself to a staycation a week ago, a 24 hour staycation. I got a hotel room by myself mm-hmm. and just went downtown and loved it. And it's because my aunt came and stayed with my mom. Mm-hmm. So if you know a caregiver, Offer to stay with their loved one, even if it's three hours, even if whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Those breaks make such a difference in our mental health.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, not to mention COVID, of course. Right. Has really had us mm-hmm. on lockdown. Has really, I haven't been social like I would like to be because sure. I'm, you know a senior yes. at home that I'm taking care of, so I can't yeah. just be out. See, of right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, COVID has added a whole nother level Mm -hmm. of isolation to being a caregiver.
2: So
3: I would just recommend if you know a caregiver, ask them, tell them, I will stay with your loved one for an hour, two hours. They can spend the night, whatever you can offer. That is one thing that is really important for us.
2: It really is. Uh, It's to care for the caregiver. Mrs. Williams, you have a great support system there. Do you find that as well um, in, in terms of giving advice to people who want to help you? and your
0: family? I think that's really important that you get that time away. Oftentimes, and I don't know if Veronica uh, feels this. sometimes I feel guilty to take that time away. So I think that's kind of a natural kind of thing because you feel like um, you're responsible every minute, every hour of the day. Mm -hmm. And I guess that's an unrealistic expectation that we put on ourselves. Mm -hmm. But my family and friends ask if they can come over and sit. Sometimes I say, yay. sometimes it's a no, that's OK, mm-hmm. because you do feel that guilt. It, it, it's like it's all on you. So I think yeah. that's important to kind of try and alleviate some of that guilt. Mm-hmm. Um, but most Are time, you- I'm pretty receptive to somebody coming to help.
2: Good. I was going to ask: Are you cognizant? Are you aware of that moment, that time, where you're like, "Okay, I really need to go get my hair done, or I need to go get my nails done, or, or just, just some time to, to you go out and play, Mrs. Williams? You know, just get some sunshine and, and, and take a walk with your girlfriends."
0: I am aware of it. I think uh, over the last year, it becomes more uh, necessary that. I do that, especially now that my husband is in the latter stage of um, Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. It's more important because you see the decline and that's, that weighs heavy on your heart. Of course. So it's more important for me to get out uh, if I don't go do anything but walk to the corner or around the yard a couple of times. It's important
2: yeah. to
0: just kind of breathe
2: you yes. know,
0: and come back and start again.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Pat Bailey, we've been talking about um, this caregiving thing. And when you were going through this with your mom in the 90s, did you recognize the, the, the need for caregivers to care for you?
4: Oh, absolutely. And along with the fact that um, we had caregiver breakdowns, mm-hmm. um, You reach an obstacle and the only thing you have left is a combination of prayer and tears.
2: -hmm. Because
4: you don't know what's going to happen, and that happened on more than one occasion. But I love what um, Veronica mentioned. Several processes along with Mrs. Williams, and one is there is a concept called respite care. Mm -hmm. Um, People need to understand what that means, what that is, and that they need to put that in their actual toolkit because they're going to need it. Respite care is an opportunity for you to actually contract with the organization, assisted living facility, a memory care facility along with their other independent caregivers to come in and care for your person while you take a break. And there's an interview process that goes in concert with that, it's more formalized, but we need breaks sometimes. And also the caregivers need to also go to the doctor sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I thought that it was very powerful when Veronica said something, and this is really important, hospice care. Mm -hmm. As Mrs. Williams is dealing with her husband in the latter phases, We didn't know what hospice care was, and it could have made a significant difference in my mom's overall care and well-being and given us a greater peace of mind and space to take care of self, because you know where it's going, and to take care of them. Mm -hmm. Hospice was extremely beneficial. So these are other things that you need to know outside of the fact that I like Veronica, which says, hey, girlfriend, you better come over here and watch my mama for a
1: minute. (laughs)
4: all of these things really and truly make a difference.
2: One of the things that happens in your lives um as you are now trading positions, you know, as the caregiver and and Veronica you recognize this, Mrs. Williams, uh, the dynamics of your relationships do do take a change. Were you aware that this was going to happen? Or had you seen it, Veronica, in your your mom and your grandmother? And how did that affect your the dynamics changing in your relationship?
3: It's really frustrating. Mm. Like for me as a 24-7 caregiver, I don't really get to have that daughter relationship anymore.
2: Mm-hmm. You know,
3: whereas if I had the help and mm-hmm. someone else was taking care of other things, then we can go and sit and play cards and, you know, have some mother-daughter interaction. But when mm-hmm. you were 24/7 in charge of everything, and I do work, and I have a nonprofit, and I, you know, I have a lot going on. When I'm done, I'm like, oh, I'm so tired, you know. Right. And yeah. then while I'm working, I have her, you know, coming in and out, or packing her bags to leave, or
2: you know, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a lot. All other things that are going on, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's tough. Uh, and, and I don't mean it to demean that because. Right. So it's, it's just very difficult. I can imagine. Um, Mrs. Williams, what about you in terms of the your relationship with your husband and how difficult was that? Or was it uh, in changing from wife and help meet to being caregiver?
0: Well, it was kind of difficult in the beginning, because one of the things that I think about um Having been with my husband for so many years, I was the one that was always protected. And so mm-hmm. I had to reverse roles from being the one protected to protecting him. And that mm-hmm. made a big difference because, you know, making decisions who's going to cut the grass? I got to mm-hmm. get somebody to cut the grass. Uh, it's time for the air conditioning unit to be checked to make sure mm-hmm. it's running correctly. I had to do that. At one time, he was doing the taxes that transitioned over to me. So it's just a reversal of roles. And then yeah. when we get to uh, the point where we are now, it's like taking care of a baby. I mean, that's the best mm-hmm. way to say it. And yeah. uh, but we do that uh, because that's what's required. But the roles have just been completely opposite. Because, you know, just knowing our age, he was just that cool, old school um, (laughs) kind of man that took care of everything. Right. So now over the past seven years, that role has been mine. Yeah,
2: that has been. So It
0: is a big transition, but it's one that you kind of just fit into and you do the best you can. You roll up those sleeves and you get in it and you do your best. Sometimes we can be harder on ourselves than we need be. And I just say, I just want to do my best each and every day. And I feel if I've done that, I've done a lot. Yeah, so I'm, I'm thankful for that. You've done so much. You've done
2: it. You really, and, and I bet on a day-to-day basis. We would like you to uh, join us for this final uh, part of our conversation as we have um, heard just uh, the, the stories of these women and they are, mm-hmm. they're super women. Uh, in their roles as caregivers, and they are are sharing and opening their hearts and and their stories and their family lives with so much good humor and so much love and reverence and often uh, some difficult experiences. But in terms of taking care of your loved one, uh, Miss Pat, the, you you go back uh, the furthest of the three of you. If you knew then what you know now, would you have done anything differently?
4: would I have done anything differently? You know what's interesting thing about a journey? You don't know what's coming, but you know that you've got to take the journey regardless. Mm-hmm. There isn't much else that I would have done differently. Um, I probably would have been more like Veronica in some instances where I would have maybe pushed the envelope more about more me time and more personal mm-hmm. time. Because mm-hmm. my siblings came down maybe about 18 months afterwards. But I can honestly say that it was the most honorable, life-changing experience that I ever had. And it has now defined my purpose. Mm. Yeah. No. I sense sense
2: that with all of you. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mrs. Williams, what about you? Would you have done anything differently?
0: I think one of the things I think about sometimes uh, when he was first, well, prior to him being diagnosed, What did I miss? I Mm -hmm. I don't know if I was just so busy doing, um, you know, being involved in my career and just living, you know, so I think that's one of the things that I would have liked to have seen, or I think about that often, what did I miss? How did this happen? And I not know it before being diagnosed. I -hmm. just didn't, I didn't see it. But in terms of doing anything differently, not really. I just think that when you have your challenges, you meet them head on and you do the best you can. I think that's Mm -hmm. what uh, we've tried to instill in our children. And that's something that I live by. You know, it's not going to be a bed of roses every day. And when you have those roses, appreciate it. But do Mm -hmm. know a storm may come and and you have to be ready for it.
2: And 54 mm-hmm. years ago,
0: when you said in sickness
2: and in health, you knew that you know those those storms were going to come, but in what form, we don't know. Mm-hmm. And um, this is- this Absolutely. Is truly, yeah, this is truly that time. Uh, young Veronica, before we let you go to go out and play, <laughs> <laughs> would you have done anything differently?
3: Um, I would say I agree with Ms. Pat and the fact that this has definitely defined my purpose. So I would still uh-huh. take this journey. Uh-huh. I think there are probably some technical things I would have done differently. So for one, with my grandmother, definitely having conversations about her business and legal affairs, uh-huh. but she was able to do that uh-huh. because she passed away three years ago and I'm still finding stuff. So uh-huh. it would have been nice to have those conversations uh-huh. know where everything uh-huh. was then. And then also, I encourage caregivers to have these conversations with your siblings before, Things get bad at the very beginning of this journey mm-hmm. and determine your roles, like Miss Pat said, you know, and those things. And they might not do what they say they're going to do, but at least have the conversation so that you don't end up on this road alone because mm-hmm. they don't do it.
2: And, and write it down because you're like, look, this is what you promised.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. So Those are two things mm-hmm. I think. done.
2: Yeah, I want you to uh, really applaud yourselves. I think that uh, you the, the stories that you have shared with us and the manner in which you all have, um, what my grandmother used to say, comported yourself and shown such dignity and such love for your family members is really to be applauded. And uh, I congratulate you on jobs well done as you um, could still continue the process for two of you. And as we are you know, getting to the end of this, um, If you have any thoughts, anything that you think that we should have covered that I perhaps was negligent in doing so, anything you would like to share with the audience um, as you set out and as you sat down here today and say, I really want to leave them with this. Veronica, what do you think? I mean, you told us about the business and and things like that. Um, Mm -hmm. Is there something that we did not uh, stress enough on your part?
3: I would really just want to say that you aren't alone. Take care of you. We, we are out here. There's yeah. there's three of us sitting here right here. There are so many of us out here going through this. And a lot really? of times people think that they are alone. So find a support group, find local organizations that provide the resources you know that you need. And you don't have to go through this alone. There are so many of us going through this. So that's just what I would encourage.
2: That's really nice. And to go outside and play.
3: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> excuse me. This
2: is Williams. Um, It has just been a pleasure talking to you and hearing your your love story with Mr. Williams and and your wonderful family. Um, Is there anything that you think that we have not necessarily touched upon?
0: I think one of the things that I would um, agree with Veronica, um, make sure you take care of all of those legal things beforehand. Uh, That's one of the things my family and I did early on because that's important, because if you wait, you get to a situation where your loved one doesn't really understand what's going on. So before the Alzheimer's or dementia progresses too much, make sure you take care of all of the legal issues. It's not something we like to talk about, but it's so important because when you become the caregiver, you're the person to make all of those decisions for uh, that loved one who's ill, Mm -hmm.
2: that's important. Mrs. Williams, uh,
0: I, I think that we should
2: also talk a little bit about you personally. As your son has indicated, um, you are the middle of 10 children and you had three children, I uh, have three children, and as well as you have been the mother of, of schools as, as an educator. Yes. Um, so caregiving obviously was not something that was new to you. Um. This is a different form, obviously, um, but you have you paid your dues in terms of of education, and now you know it's transitioned to a to a smaller school, if you will. Um, but uh, definitely, uh, you are to be commended. And your son said, "Your greatest title is wife, mother, sister, aunt, and me, mom." <laughs> we, we we want to thank you um, for all that you have done, and and this and especially. Uh, the mark that you have made in your educational career. Uh, If you could just give us a little bit about the administrative tree.
0: Well, uh, one of the things that um, when I was in the classroom, we worked real hard and I got an opportunity to touch a lot of children each year. But then I thought that maybe I could impact more children if I uh, moved up as a vice assistant principal or principal. And uh, as God would have it, I became principal of three schools. And I got an opportunity to touch many, many children, their parents. I just have that passion and love for people. And uh, it was and an honor. To be, yes. And future educators, doctors, lawyers, who knows, uh, but always seeing the best in ch- children and knowing that everybody can be more than what we see at 15 or 16, they're going to grow up and they're going to be outstanding people. And so I thank God for that opportunity to touch lives.
2: Well, you have touched lives and you touched this heart today. And I, and I think that uh, your story will also touch those as, as people uh, come to hear and watch this, this telecast and also um, your great act of love. Uh, that you all have demonstrated here, Um, Mrs. Williams and Veronica. And Pat Bailey, uh, I'm going to leave the last word with you Mm -hmm. in terms of caregiving and uh, anything that you think that we haven't touched on today.
4: I think we touched on it, but I want to drive it home a little bit further, and that is knowing our role. It was very complicated in recognizing where this was going to go. And I want caregivers to be prepared for that role and that responsibility. I have never forgotten the day my mother forgot my name,
1: mm-hmm. although
4: she did transplant it with a name mm-hmm. that was more appropriate to what, and actually that represented who I was, which she called me mama that day. Mm-hmm. But I need caregivers to be girded and understanding that it's okay where this is going, be prepared and still fall in love in the into the process.
2: Mm-hmm. Be in love
4: into the process, including loving yourself.
2: Well, we can't have a better caregiving coach than you, Pat Bailey. Um, mm-hmm. We wanna thank you all so much. And, um, and also know that uh, we will be doing, that. we will be continuing our discussion. And, and we ask people uh, not only to say a prayer for these wonderful ladies and keep them in your prayers as they are uh, along this journey, as they are moving here, um, but also ask you to uh, to stay with us as well. And join us on the next episode as we discuss what really goes on uh, regarding Alzheimer's and what it is and uh, understand Alzheimer's versus dementia, other topics like that, uh, that we will continue in another couple of series. So I thank you all so very much for joining us. I am Sybil Wilkes and you have been uh, here with us as we have been talking about uh, caregiving, Alzheimer's and aging. And finding new tomorrows. And uh, thanks to all of you. Uh, we know that uh, our tomorrows uh, for for our friends that are being cared for by you ladies are in good hands. And um, Pat Bailey, I just can't thank you enough. And also we want to uh, thank Sheila Eldridge and all the folks at Cafe Mocha Radio. I am Sybil Wilkes. As I said, this has been a very special episode of What You Need to Know, and we will see you again soon. Thanks so much.